Father God, I want to thank you for tonight. God, I want to thank you for every single person who's on this call, for every single person who wanted to make it, God. God, I ask you to bless this message, God. Let it be received, God. Let it be processed within us, God. Let us grow from this message, God. Let it be a blessing, God, and let us let us be able to carry this message to other people, God. And I thank you for all you've done, all you want to do. And just for this for this community, God. And I actually continue to bless our campus pastors, Matt and Jackie, Nally and Derek, God, and just continue to carry us forward. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you so much. All right. So, like I said, this is gonna be the last of our summer conditioning series. During all these summer months, we've been going through a series called Summer Conditioning, and each week we've been looking at a different classical spiritual discipline from Richard Foster's book, The Celebration of Disciplines. We've talked about things like meditation and prayer and fasting and solitude and simplicity, confession. Uh, Last week we talked about guidance. Uh, Any particular of these that have jumped out that you really feel like impacted you or God God really spoke to you through? I was going to say for me, um, the meditation and the silence and solitude one, it really um, helped me really to understand what that truly meant and like put that into practice with my daily routine. Yeah, that's good. Anybody else? So the week we talked about submission really challenged me because there's like has been a lot of moments since then where it's like my brother will ask me to do something with them or like just different things. And I'm like, I don't want to do this, <laughs> but I know it's like, especially like stuff with my family. Like I know, like I'm about to leave or like, I know that it would help a lot if I did something. So like, there's just been a lot of ways that I've been challenged and just had this voice in my head, like be submissive here, be submissive here. So. Yeah, no, that's good. Those are good examples. Uh, so tonight we're going to wrap up this series and look at our last spiritual discipline. It's the discipline of celebration. Celebration is a discipline, if you can imagine that. Celebration is a corporate discipline. It means it's a discipline that we do together. It's something that we do in community, we do as part of the family of God, something we do together. So what comes to mind when you hear the word celebration? When we we say the word celebration, what comes to mind for you? I think like praise or like, you know, like you, I guess in the words of celebration, like praise, are you like thankful for something? You're grateful for something? That's what I think of like celebrating kind of thing like a birthday party you know yeah that's great anybody else yeah i think of a party i think when i hear that word like i just think of a like a party like we're we're making a big deal about something so someone said praise someone said uh a party i mean those are all great examples thanksgiving that's all good examples uh and so again we're talking about this this discipline of celebration what it means for us to do that discipline, that corporate discipline together, celebrating together, the importance of it. Um, and, and again, party is a great example. Have I ever told you guys the story of when I went to the wrong party? Have you guys heard that story before? No, you haven't. You've never. <laughs> I went to the wrong party. So I was in high school uh, and I, I, was not, I was not a super cool guy, super popular guy. I did not get invited to a lot of parties, right? But a friend of mine named Jane invited me to a party. It was a Super Bowl party, right? So again, I've not been to a lot of parties. And in high school, I was not into sports. Uh, but, you know, my friend Jane invited me to this party. It was a Super Bowl party that was going to be at her boyfriend's house. I said, hey, cool. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, so I planned on going. I showed up to this party. The house was on the corner. And there were cars lined up 
up and down the street on the cross streets on this corner. Lots of people there for this party. Uh, I walk in and uh, I mean, someone welcomes me, welcomes me in. I didn't know the person uh, and I didn't know anybody really I saw at the party, but I kind of expected that. You know, my, you know, Jane was inviting me over to her, as her boyfriend's house where the, the party was taking place. He went to another school and I thought, you know, maybe I know a few people, but I expected that there'd be a lot of people I didn't know. Um, so I was just kind of, you know, trying to you know, find my way around and uh, found the room where people were hanging out. There's a big spread of food. Of course, I love that. Teenage boy, right? Big spread of food. Uh, to enjoy the the game is Titans versus the Rams. Uh, I didn't know anything about either one, but it was up on a big screen. People were enjoying it. I didn't know the rules to football, anything. But people were happy, celebrating, having a good time. There was free food. Uh, I, I was enjoying myself, right? And again, I don't know anyone there. Uh, I'm, I'm talking to people, looking around, but I don't really know anybody. About 20, 25 minutes in, someone asked me, hey, who who are you here with or who are you looking for? And I said, the guy's name. And they said, Oh man, that's actually across the street. You're at the wrong house. <laughs> so I, I, uh, I was very embarrassed, you know, put my plate of food away and I said, Oh, I'm so sorry. And, you know, kind of quietly found my way out of, of the room, out of the house uh, and slipped across the street to the right party that I was supposed to be at uh, and showed up fashionably late for the party that I had actually been invited to. <laughs> Uh, but man, the, the, the party parties are a lot of fun. Um, there's a reason we love parties and celebrations. We like getting invited to a party. Um, we like it when someone says, Hey, come over and celebrate with me. Come over to a party with me. Um, there's a reason we love these things. We love celebrations. We love parties. And the reason is they are good for us. Partying is good for us. We need it. Can you believe that? And when you think about partying, there may be ideas that come to mind that come from like our cultural context that are not good, that are not wholesome, that do not glorify God. So I mean, maybe when I use the phrase partying and stuff comes to mind about, you know, drunkenness and substance abuse, you know, and, and sexual promiscuity and other things that do not honor God. So that's not what I'm talking about when I'm talking about partying, but I'm talking about celebrating with friends. And I'm talking about laughing together, enjoying each other's company, good friends, good food, having a good time together joking, singing, cutting up. I mean, you don't need that sinful stuff to have a good time, right? And, and honestly, it's sad if, it's, if you're a person that, that needs that to be able to enjoy themselves, enjoy the company of others. I mean, that, that's something sad. And I think, man, something that Jesus wants to bring freedom from. But when I talk about partying, I want to be careful that, you know, that the cultural associations that come with it are not what I'm glorifying. Does that make sense? Uh, but man, a, a party, man, you could see Jesus hanging out with and, uh, and, and cutting up at and laughing at, right? Those things are good for us. Man, we see Jesus do this. Man, when we read the Gospels, we see Jesus at people's houses. Man, Jesus at parties. In fact, he was accused by uh, religious people of the day of partying too much. Like, Jesus, you are too wild. You need to rein it in. Uh, and Jesus said, no, I'm not about that life, right? Uh, you guys can rein it in. I'm going to have a good time. Uh, partying, celebrating is an essential spiritual discipline. We need it. Our souls need it. Um, so we see Jesus do it. We see the early church do it. Uh, the Old Testament commands lots of different celebrations and festivals. As you guys read through the law of Moses, um, God is, is commanding lots of different celebrations and festivals for the people to observe, uh, to again, celebrate God, show thanksgiving to God, but also because he knew how important it was for us to celebrate together. The passage we're going to look at tonight uh, is going to be in Philippians chapter 4, uh, verse 1 through 8. The passage we're looking at tonight doesn't really describe a certain way to celebrate. 
Um, but it does emphatically command that we should be celebrating. We should be rejoicing. That that rejoicing, that celebrating is essential to our spiritual health. Uh, it's essential to our emotional health and our, our mental well-being. Uh, and it's an important discipline for us to develop, to make room in our life for the Holy Spirit to work. And you guys remember, as we've gone through this series, we said the purpose of each of these disciplines is to make room in our life for Holy Spirit to work. And it's no different with celebration. It's no different with rejoicing. Rejoicing and celebrating together makes room in our life for God to work. And we're going to explain uh, how, how that works as we look at it tonight. Um, celebrating does all that? It sure does. Let's take a look at it. Philippians chapter 4. Uh, we're going to start at the beginning of the chapter with verse 1. This is Paul writing to a church, you know, a body of believers there in the city of Philippi. Philippians chapter 4, starting with verse 1. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. You know, so he's writing to this church. Uh, we're, we're to the last part of the letter, and he says, I love you guys, and I long to see you. Man, I tell you, studying for this, that really resonated with me. I love you, and I long to see you. I miss you. Um, I long to see you not through Zoom, right? I long to see you not through, uh, you know, the, the MacBook camera, but, but actually see you face to face and be with you together again um, one day, right? Right. So, so I can feel Paul here when he says, I love you guys and I long to see you again. He says, you are my joy. Uh, I miss celebrating with you guys. I miss rejoicing with you guys. I miss that community, the love, the fellowship there. Verses two and three have some personal greetings and personal instructions. We're going to drop down to verse four and pick up again in verse four. Uh, and this is going to be our main text here. Philippians chapter four, verse four says, and this is a command, rejoice in the Lord always. When? Always, always, not some of the time, not, not every once in a while, but rejoice. How? Rejoice in the Lord. When? Always. And he says it again. I'll say it again. Rejoice, rejoice celebrate. Celebrate a lot. Celebrate all the time. You need to do it. It's good for you. Uh, God's commanding it. You need to celebrate. You need to rejoice in the Lord. So I'm going to tell you again, rejoice, rejoice, rejoice. Um, it's a discipline because we need to be reminded to do it, right? Sometimes we get caught up in the flow of life and, and just the seriousness of life. And guys, are we in a serious season right now? We are right? We're, we're, we're in a global pandemic. There's people sick, people dying. We're cut off from each other. On top of that, it's an election season. So there's all kinds of political ugliness and, and personal struggles. And man, people are, are losing their jobs. There's financial struggles. This is a serious season. So we need to be reminded uh, that we need to stop and celebrate sometimes, stop and rejoice sometimes, because God's still good. Uh, we, we still need that. Our souls need that celebration. Uh, and that, that discipline, if we can build the discipline to make ourselves rejoice and celebrate and celebrate often, it, it helps us to get the focus off of and the seriousness of the season that we're in. And also just the kind of, sometimes we get so focused on ourselves and, and our own self-importance, right? And so rejoicing makes us get the focus off of that and get the focus back on Jesus uh, and enjoying him and all that he's done for us. So Paul says, rejoice in the Lord. Rejoice always. Rejoice often. I say it again, rejoice. Verse five, let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. It says, man, be gentle to everybody. There, there's, not, there's not an occasion that you need to be harsh with anybody or rough with anybody. 
Uh, if you're if you're angry, man, take it to the Lord in prayer. But don't be don't be angry and rough at anybody. Instead, be gentleness to everybody because the Lord is near. Because you got the Lord in your life, man. Be gentle to people. Uh, rejoice and, and rejoice with others. Verse six, uh, and man, th- this is this is some of the most powerful uh, passages of Scripture that you're going to come across. Verse six says, "Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition." With thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And then there's a promise that comes with it in verse 7. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What an absolutely amazing promise. Uh, that when we're feeling anxious, when we're feeling anxious, Paul tells us what to do. I mean, this is a season where and there is a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of stress. When we're feeling the pressure of that stress, we're feeling the weight of that anxiety. Uh, and God's telling us here to, to be really intentional, not to dwell in that anxiety, to dwell in that stress, but to rejoice in the Lord, to put the focus back on Jesus, to celebrate in Him, to bring that, whatever the source of that stress, to bring it to Him in prayer. Um, you know, verse 6 says, don't be anxious, but instead bring it to God with prayer and petition. And the very next part, with thanksgiving, and that's so important. I want to ask you guys what comes to mind with celebration. Sarah, you said that, you know, Thanksgiving, giving thanks, giving praise. And that's so, so important when we're feeling overwhelmed, when we're feeling burdened to discipline ourselves, to give thanks to God, even in the midst of it. Maybe not thanks for the thing, for the stressful thing, but still thanks to God for his goodness, for his love. Um, If nothing else, thanking him for what he's done for us through Jesus Christ. You know, the good news of the gospel, that God loved us enough that when we were separated by our own sins, separated from him, uh, that he loved us too much to leave us that way and sent his son Jesus to, to live a perfect life and die on the cross in our place, that through that uh, sacrificial death, man, our sins can be forgiven, we can be reconciled to God, we can put our trust in Jesus and have relationship with God uh, and, and be restored and experience peace and hope and joy from God and have a forever home in heaven when this life is over. And if we don't have anything else good in our life, man, we can still rejoice in that, that God loves us and he saved us through Jesus. Um, it says in, the, in those situations where we would tend to be anxious, tend to be stressed, he encourages, encourages us, do not get stressed, do not be anxious, but instead bring that thing to God and rejoice. Bring that thing to God and be thankful. Um, many of you guys have heard this story before. Uh, but, but there's a time that, that God made this particular verse of scripture just crystal clear. Uh, in my life, uh, there there was a season when we first moved to Memphis that was particularly stressful. We we're having trouble selling our house in Knoxville, uh, and and so there there's financial strain with that, and just the the stress of moving. As no moving is a stressful event, starting the new ministry on campus here at the University of Memphis, uh, all those kinds of things. And I was just in a season of a lot of stress and a lot of pressure, uh, and I had a full on anxiety attack. I mean, y'all don't have to raise your hands, but but some of you guys may have experienced anxiety attacks that where you feel just paralyzed with anxiety and fear, like you can't even move, like you can't even do anything. That's how it was for me. I felt like absolutely paralyzed just by the anxiety, the press, uh, the pressure, the stress of it all. Uh, And I felt like, man, laying there, uh, that God led me to this passage of scripture that he had me, hey, I want you to read Philippians 4 here. So I'm reading the scripture, the same scripture we're studying tonight. uh, And I'm reading through this. uh, And he says, man, don't be anxious for anything. I said, well, God, that's real that's real tough in this situation because I'm very anxious about a lot of things. And he says, instead, uh, with prayer and petition uh, to bring those requests to God, it's okay, God, I need to bring it to you. And then it says, with thanksgiving. And I'm telling you guys, 
It's like Holy Spirit made that phrase Thanksgiving just jump off the page. Like it was highlighted, like it was bolded, like it was underlined. It wasn't literally, but you know, just in my spirit, it was like with Thanksgiving, just kind of boom, like, like hit me in the face. And again, I'm paralyzed with fear. I'm, I'm crippled with anxiety in this moment. Can't even, don't even feel like I can move. But, but God just says, hey, with Thanksgiving, with Thanksgiving, that Thanksgiving's important. So I said, okay, God, I need to, to do some Thanksgiving. So I just started to think of things I was thankful for. Okay, God, I'm thankful that you saved me. That even though I was a miserable sinner, you still love me enough to save me, uh, to give your life for me. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for being patient for me. And I just started going through the things in my life I had to be thankful for. God, thank you for my wife. Thank you for my kids. You know, thank you that we're healthy. Thank you for providing for us. And just started to list everything I could possibly think of to thank God for. And this went on for about 30, 40 minutes, just kind of laundry listing everything that I could think of to thank God for. And let me tell you guys, each moment that went by, each thing that I, I thank God for, that, that pressure lifted a little more, a little more, a little more. To where after about 30 minutes of that, instead of being paralyzed on the ground, I was on my feet, right? Praising God, dancing, that, that, that anxiety attack, that pressure had left uh, with thanksgiving. And that there, there is power there in that discipline of rejoicing, of making yourself uh, and stop and rejoice and give thanks to God. I uh, say, make yourself. It is a discipline, right? There's a reason we're counting it as one of the dis- things we have to discipline ourselves to do, but make yourself stop and rejoice because you need it. Your soul needs it. Your mental health needs it. Your emotional health needs to stop, to celebrate, to rejoice, to give thanks. And again, God promises that when we do that, when we cast our cares on him, when we put the focus on him, when we bring this thing and say, God, this is really stressing me out, and we bring it to him uh, and we give thanks to him, the promise there is what? That his peace is going to guard our heart and guard our mind in Christ Jesus. A peace that we don't understand, a peace that transcends understanding, a peace, honestly, that doesn't make any sense. Man, I think that's a good modern day translation for that phrase. Peace that to the world doesn't even make sense. Like your friend can look at you and say, how do you even have peace in this situation? I know all the stuff that you're going through. How are you still experiencing peace? And you can point to Jesus. I mean, Jesus is the source of my peace. Uh, I'm focusing on him in this season. Um, and he's the one that's giving me peace. He's the one that's giving me joy. Continuing on in verse eight, Paul says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I want you to think about those kind of things, right? Our thought life is where so much of the battle takes place, so much stress and anxiety uh, is in our thoughts. And Paul encourages us, man, when you're battling in your thoughts, think on these things. Think on those things that are right and pure and true and lovely and praiseworthy. And as we allow our, our mind, our thoughts to be stayed on those things, God will use that to encourage us and give us that peace. So in, in the book, in Celebration of Discipline, Richard Foster writes this about this passage. He says, the discipline to set the mind on higher things is an act of the will. You know, something we have to make ourselves do. That's why celebration is a discipline. It is a result of consciously a uh, chosen way of thinking and living. It's a conscious choice uh, to decide I'm going to focus on God. I'm going to focus on what he's done for me. I'm going to choose to give thanks to him for those things. And so as we think about this passage, uh, we see there is an inseparable link between celebration, joy, rejoicing, and being able to trust God. You know, that if we really trust God, then we can rejoice. If we don't trust God, then we're going to be overwhelmed by our stress and anxiety. 
right? But the rejoicing helps us to remember God's in control and he's going to take care of me. It takes the focus off of my situation and puts it on Jesus. When I rejoice, when I celebrate, it takes the focus off of me trying to be too self-important, act like I'm too big a deal. Celebration helps us take ourselves less seriously, right? Sometimes we take our own lives too seriously. Uh, and, and celebration helps to get the focus off of us and onto Jesus. Uh, there is an inseparable link between carefree celebration and being able to trust in the Lord. And we can only be truly free to celebrate if we trust that God is in control and that he's going to take care of us. Is God in control? He is. Is he going to take care of us? He is. Matthew seven eleven says that he's a good father who knows how to take good care of his children, right? He's a good dad. He knows how to take care of you. Uh, he loves you, and he's going to make sure that you have everything that you need. So as we think about, man, what does this look like for our own life, right? So I want to I look at some real good, easy application stuff for us. When we think about building a spiritual discipline of celebration and rejoicing into our day-to-day life. Again, not an every once in a while thing, but Paul says rejoice in the Lord always. So making this a regular part of our life, what does this look like for us? I want to ask you guys, I want us to discuss it a little bit. How can we practice? It's a corporate discipline. So how can we practice celebration together? What do you guys think? No wrong answers here. Just what, what comes to mind when you guys think about celebrating together? What, what does that look like for us? I think definitely praise reports, just like we had in the beginning. And I know like, like in our church and stuff, we'll have like praise report chains or like prayer chains. So like, it, it's just a group that you can like share what you're rejoicing about with, you know? And so just being able to share with others and knowing that they're going to rejoice with you. And it's not just like your own thing, you know? Yeah, that's great. You know, there's a command in, in Romans to rejoice with those that rejoice and mourn with those that mourn. So if we share our victories with one another, we can rejoice. Maybe I don't have anything to rejoice about, but I can rejoice because Andy had a win today, right? And so that, that's good that we rejoice other people's win too, because God, we're, we're a body, we're knit together. So God blesses one, he's blessing all of us, right? What else? What are some other ways we can corporately celebrate together, rejoice together? Um, I like when we do um, affirmations. I think that's kind of a way to rejoice and celebrate and look at inner qualities, the godly qualities of each other. Kind of like, just to like touch on what you said about celebration. Um, I guess like a good thing for celebration would be like, like gathering, like gathering together on Thursday nights or if you're with your church family on Sunday morning and just like being together itself is a celebration because y'all are celebrating that Jesus is alive, that Jesus still lives on today, and that Jesus is still evident and still known. Yeah, that's great. This pandemic won't be our reality forever, right? There's going to come a time that we can gather again, and that's good just to enjoy each other's company, just to be with friends, be with our the body of Christ, our, our spiritual family, our, our brothers and sisters in Christ, and just enjoy each other, just laugh and cut up together. Uh, man, I love after Thursday nights, man, we're, we're tearing down sound equipment and we're, we're all done and, and no one's really leaving. We're all just hanging out and cutting up and laughing and falling over each other and putting on music. And, and, and that, that's, that's the celebration or, or that's the discipline of celebration. Just, man, we're just going to enjoy each other and enjoy the blessings of the Lord together. And it's so good for our souls. As important as the preaching of the word, as important as, as worshiping together, man, celebrating together is also really, really good for us. That's good. Any other ideas? Any other practical ways that we can celebrate together? I think um, 
things that we do like Thanksgiving dinner, like, you know, when we get together and, and like even senior banquet, cause it's like, or like senior affirmations. So we're thanking God for like what he's done in the lives of like our friends and, and, and like, so we affirm them, but like we're celebrating that God brought them through college and they've accomplished the thing they set to accomplish. And I think like sometimes there's places that God has us to make much of like another person and celebrate something he's done in their life. And that can be incredibly meaningful for all of us, you know, not just the one that like accomplished the thing, but for all of us to like, if we do it with the attitude of thank you, Lord, for doing this, you know, we can celebrate those things together that God's done. Yeah, that's great. Some of the examples that Richard Foster had in his book are singing together, laughing together, playing together, and playing sports together, playing board games, playing cards together, uh, playing together, laughing together, having a good time together. Um, he asked this question too, which I love. What do little children do when they celebrate? Picture real little kids, four, five, six years old. And what do these kids do when they celebrate, when they're real excited about something? What, what do they do? Oh my goodness, they jump around, they laugh, they play. It is the cutest thing in the world. It is like, this is too precious. They just jump, laugh. They can't be still. They jump, they dance, they make noise. They make a lot of noise, right? So he says, (laughs) that's what little children do when they celebrate, man. How much more, you know, the Bible uh, tells us to be like little children in in, in things of faith. And uh, and if if little kids, man, when Jaden is excited about something, right? And she's jumping up and down and and she's making noise. And we should also celebrate that way. Uh, all, All of our years of cultural conditioning into adulthood has taught us to suppress that, but that's not good for us, right? Man, we should get excited for stuff, man. We should, we should laugh and, and make noise and sing together and dance around and jump up and down. All that stuff's really, really good for us. Uh, another practical thing that Foster suggests is just joining in cultural celebrations. And the things that our culture, the things our city's celebrating, uh, provided it's something that honors God, right? Or, or doesn't dishonor God, rather. It's something we can join in with. Uh, but join in the ways that our, our culture, our city, our community is already celebrating and celebrate alongside them. Uh, is another great way. So look at maybe holidays that the culture is celebrating. That again, there may be aspects of that holiday that that we're uh, maybe going to not emphasize as believers, right? But, but there are going to be some things we can take from that and say, hey, we're going to celebrate alongside uh, the culture as like a touchstone to to minister to the people around us. Um, I think on the college campus, man, big celebrations around sporting events. Again. It won't always be coronavirus season, right? Someday that's going to go away. Some days, someday we're going to be able to all go to the Liberty Bowl again together, cheer on the Tigers again together, right? Go to FedEx Forum again together. But those, those things are celebrating, man. Going to the ball game together and, and cheering for the team and celebrating a win and, and laughing and cutting up, you know, they're, they're in the stands. Man, that, that's the kind of celebration that's really, really good for us corporately as a community because it knits our lives closer together. Uh, creates those shared life experiences that make us a closer family, and they're good for us individually uh, and, and, and help us to experience the love and the joy and the peace that God has for us there in community. Um, so that's all really good. Uh, the next question, next thing I wanted us to discuss and ask you about is, so we've talked about how all of the disciplines make room for the Holy Spirit to work in our lives. And I've touched on this a little bit, but how would you guys say that celebration helps accomplish this? How does celebrating help make room for God to work in your life? What do you think? 
it just kind of like takes weight off of your shoulders. Like getting around, like there's been so many times, especially like in the last semester where I would just feel like crap because like classes are weighing me down or whatever. And then we would have small group or something or like we would have service and just like being around other people, you know, or even like, you know, being at home, getting to have like, um, cause our church is back open, just like getting to be around other people who are also like happy to be there. Like you can just be like, at least for like this hour that we're together, like I'm not going to have to stress about like whatever else is going on, you know, and it just kind of like takes that weight off. Yeah, that's really good, Andy. Anybody else? I guess it gives like kind of going off what Andy said, like it gives room for the Holy Spirit and it also kind of reminds you of like the good things God has done for you in a way like, if you're rejoicing for someone else. You might have something similar. You're like, oh yeah, he did that for me too. Like you're in a weird way, like rejoicing for what he's done for them and also rejoicing for yourself. It's like, oh, win-win. Yeah, that's good. I think it helps me um like remember who's in control like especially in seasons like this and things are so heavy like if i can trust that god's in control enough that like i don't have to take my life so seriously and i can just celebrate and have fun for like a few minutes i think like yeah like the holy spirit moves by reminding me that like god's got this and i don't have to hold it all together and like so i can let loose and just that like I don't have to be in charge and, and keep everything together because that's God's job. That's good. It's hard for God to work in our lives when our, we're focusing on ourselves, when we're focusing on our tough situation. Um, celebrating makes us take the focus off of ourselves. So we're not focused on our own self-importance. Uh, we're not focused on the culture or whatever situation we're in the middle of our focus is on Jesus uh, and celebrating makes us uh, make light of a situation. It makes us like Jackie said, not take ourselves too seriously, makes us laugh and all those kind of things. uh, When we allow them to bring our focus off of ourselves, off of our tough situation and bring our focus back on Jesus, man, that opens up our hearts for Holy spirit to come and work and do things in us. And you wouldn't think something like, man, partying with your brothers and sisters in Christ and just cutting up and laughing with them would be a spiritual moment where Holy Spirit works. But he does. He does. He'll get in there. He'll shift priorities around. If nothing more than saying, I really enjoy this and I want to spend more time with my brothers and sisters. Man, I really love these people. And that love's going to show. That love's going to make the gospel attractive uh, to other people in your life. They're going to be like, man, I want that joy that he has. I want that joy that she has, man. I want that. Uh, when I see those people hang out, they are just having so much fun. I want that. Right. And it makes the gospel of Jesus Christ attractive to people that need to hear it. And it makes that community of God attractive to people that are on the outside. So joyful celebration, it gives the Lord an opportunity to work by taking that focus off of our own importance and takes the focus off of the seriousness of life and helps us to really cast all our cares on Jesus. And of course, the other benefit, like I said, of that joyful celebration is it makes the gospel attractive to the people around us. People are going to want uh, what you have, right? When we obey Philippians here and we rejoice often, when we rejoice in the Lord always, when we have that life that's full of joy and just full of celebration, uh, people are going to look at that and say, man, I want whatever Justin has, right? I want whatever Sarah has. I want whatever Andy has, right? Whatever Bryce has, whatever Asia has. I, I see that joyfulness. Uh, I see that just full of life and you're enjoying life and enjoying 
this community you're in. And I, I want that, right? And that's something the Holy Spirit can use to draw people to himself, to draw people to, to Christ and draw people into the community of God, into the family of God. Uh, God can use it. Um, but it's a discipline, right? It's an act of will. We've got to make ourselves do it. If we just kind of fall in line with the culture and we, get, we just get swept up with all of the anxiety and the stress of this cultural moment, we're not just going to on our own celebrate very often, right? Um, we've got to make ourselves say, no, it's good for me to celebrate. It's good for me to rejoice. God's worthy of the praise and thanksgiving. And it's good for me spiritually because of how he made me to celebrate often, to celebrate and rejoice often. Celebration is the last discipline in this study for a reason. Celebration is the last one because of the way it kind of ties all the other ones together. Without joyful celebration, the rest of the disciplines would end up becoming dull and lifeless. The rest of the disciplines just end up becoming legalisms for us, right? Without that influx of joy that makes it all life-giving, right? They, they, there's a tendency for them just to become rules for us to follow or, or boxes for us to check. But celebration helps it tie all together and be like, no, I'm doing this because I love uh, being with God. Man, I, I love uh, and the peace and the joy and the hope that I receive from him when I spend time in his presence. I love being in the community of believers. Uh, I love man, worshiping with believers. I love the guidance that I receive in that community. I love celebrating with believers. Uh, celebration ties it all together. Um, man, some powerful disciplines that we've looked at in this series um, and learning about meditation, learning about just making that space in our minds to focus on the Lord, blocking out that time in our day, uh, that bento time blocked out in our day just to spend with Him, and learning about prayer, learning about what it means to connect with the Father in prayer, learning about fasting, right, and giving up things that help us to draw closer to God and make more room for Holy Spirit in our life, and learning about the value of study. Uh, and all the things that God can teach us when we commit ourselves to the discipline of our mind to study and learn more about Him. Uh, that discipline of solitude and silence um, and, and what it means just to quiet ourselves or to get alone in the ways God can speak to us through that. Um, and the amazing beauty of simplicity. When we simplify our lives, when we get rid of the clutter, get rid of the junk that clutters and fills our life, that uh, gives God so much more room to work with us when we simplify. Um, and we, we, we've learned about submission. Right? I mean, someone in the beginning when I was talking about ones that were really challenging to you, somebody said submission uh, and having to think about uh, uh, what it means to submit to the people around me uh, in a way that honors God, right? And what God wants to teach me through submitting to the, the authority figures He's placed in my life, putting other people's preferences ahead of my own. Uh, the discipline of service and what it really means to serve other people, not just serve them the way we want to serve them, but really put their best and their needs first and, and really serving them and demonstrating the love of Christ and the humility of Christ and service. I mean, we talked about worshiping uh, together and, and, and Jackie taught us worship can look a lot of different ways, right? It's not just singing a song. It's not just the bands up front and you're in the seats. Uh, worship can look a lot of different ways, but we're made to worship and connect with God in spirit and in truth that way. Um, and the power that comes from confession and being able just to confess our sins and our struggles to other believers and having them agree with us in prayer, the, the power in that. And of course, Derek taught uh, last week over YouTube about guidance, the way God guides us corporately. And we meet together and we pray God can speak and he can guide and direct us. And that's powerful and amazing. Um, man, I've really enjoyed going through this series. I think it's been good for us and I hope, hope it profited you as well. Um, in this season where we've been socially distant and separated from each other, 
Um, the reason we chose that title, Summer Conditioning, uh, is because we didn't want to just get kind of weak and lazy during this summer season, right? That just because we're distanced from each other, just because things are really different, um, kind of like an athlete in the off season, the athlete, you know, the, uh, the basketball player, the football player in the off season, they're not just sitting on the couch, you know, eating Twinkies with their, their feet up for three months, right? But in that off season, they're still training, they're still going hard. So when, when, when playoff, you know, when regular season play starts again, man, they're ready to go for it. Uh, and in the same way, spiritually, when we hit these kind of these off seasons where maybe we're, we're separated from community uh, or things look a little different, man, how much more do we need to discipline ourselves and keep pursuing Jesus in this off season? And I feel like because we've committed ourselves to these things, um, that we're going to be in such a great place, man, moving into the fall to allow God to use us, to allow God, first of all, to shape us to be who he wants us to be, but also to allow God to use us uh, to reach the campus and reach others. Amen. I would love to pray that God would help us to celebrate better, right? Maybe the uh, funny thing to say to pray and maybe something you never thought about before, but I want to pray that for us. All right. Father God, uh, thank you for the truth of your word, your command, God, throughout scripture that we need to celebrate. We need to rejoice. Help us to do that, God. Some of us, our personalities may be more lent towards that than others. Some of us may feel more serious. Some of us may tend towards anxiety and stress and depression. God, uh, we need your help, Holy Spirit, to celebrate and celebrate often, to rejoice and rejoice often, to celebrate the good things that you've done for us, to remember all the ways that you've blessed our life, God, uh, and to give you thanks for that, God, that our lives would overflow with thanksgiving, our lives would overflow with rejoicing, God, and in our times together, they would be rich and full of celebration as we enjoy each other's company, as we laugh together, um, as we sing together, dance together, celebrate together, uh, and enjoy the community that you've given us, the family members you've given us here in the body of Christ, God. God, I pray that you'd help us to develop this discipline of, of making ourselves set our minds on things uh, that are praiseworthy uh, and good, uh, to set our minds not on ourselves, not on our situation, to put our focus on you, Jesus, and all that you've done for us, God, and celebrating those things in our own life, God, and allowing you, Holy Spirit, to work through that, to make us who you want us to be, uh, to give us lives full of joy uh, that other people can look at and be drawn in and, and, and want to know uh, the Jesus we know, want to know the God that we know uh, because of the, the celebration, the joy they see in our life. We love you, Lord. We trust you with all these things. In Jesus' name, amen.